The ARA acknowledges the traditional owners of the land where we have recorded this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to the Elders past, present, and recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as Australia's first traders, who utilise a sophisticated network of trading paths that have facilitated the exchange of goods, knowledge and culture for millennia. Hi, I'm Paul Zara, CEO of the Australian Retailers Association, and welcome to the Retail Therapy Podcast, proudly brought to you by AWS. Having navigated the worst of the pandemic, businesses are now moving on to tackle the next big global disruptor in climate change. In this season, we're talking to business leaders, academics and climate experts about their personal journeys and fighting for a more sustainable future. We'll also learn more about businesses and how they're meeting their sustainability targets. Joining me for some retail therapy today are husband and wife duo, Dean Jones and Audrey Kang-Jones, the co-founders of Glam Corner, an online fashion rental business that allows people to make smarter and more sustainable fashion choices. Founded in 2012, Glam Corner provides guilt-free access to designer fashion, allowing people to rent outfits rather than buying something new or for one-off occasion before discarding it. I'm delighted to have Dean and Audrey with me today to chat about their businesses and the importance of fashion sustainability. Dean and Audrey, welcome. Thank you so much for having us, Paul. It's an honour to be here. Great to have you both here. It's, it's wonderful. And I'm going to start with yourself, Audrey, if I may. So tell us a little bit about Glam Corner, how it came about. You've been around for 10 years now, but what was the idea that kickstarted it all? Wow. Where do you begin? <laughs> Glam Corner was uh, founded in 2012. It started from um, my experience with Full of Clothes, nothing to wear moment. And I feel like a lot of a lot of the listeners can definitely relate. It's been a journey, definitely started with my personal frustration, but I feel like the years go on and it's been 10 years and our mission definitely evolves over the years. Our mission now is we really want to, you know, revolutionize the way fashion is consumed. And we really want to be a part of this sustainable movement. We really want to bring brands, retailers and individuals together because we got a lot to do. Mm. And Dean, how did you get involved? As Audrey said, you know, early in our professional lives, we had a lot of kind of social occasions, uh, whether it be invited to another wedding to go to or another work occasion to go to. And I observed Audrey was starting to accumulate a lot of clothing in her life in a way that I wasn't. You know, it's funny, it, it actually started to take up so much room in her wardrobe, it started to take up a lot of room in my wardrobe. Right. So that's when it started to so take up. So you're saying this is a gender issue? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I think what, what the interesting thing is, and that's that's what I, I got involved quite early on as well, because I observed that where that was manifesting itself, where not only did it feel very wasteful, but um, fundamentally the end customer was getting a bad deal. Yeah. I observed Audrey purchasing sing- items for single occasions, kind of knowing full well she wasn't going to get an opportunity to wear them again. And Paul, as we would know, you know, um, that is a bit of a double standard in our society. I mean, men are allowed to kind of re-wear clothing and no one really cares. It, it is a bit of a double standard that a lot of the time uh, women are, n- are not able to wear the same thing, which, you know, ultimately manifest itself in, a, in that customer getting yeah. a bad deal. So that's that's where I especially got involved. I think there's an opportunity there. Before we get into the business side of it, I'd like to talk a little bit on a personal note. So you've you where did you guys meet? Did you meet actually on the job? <laughs> so you know, or did, did you meet before Glam Corner started? Oh, we met at university. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a riveting story. In in that began in accounting. What were you studying? Account, we were both studying a commerce degree, but we, we met in accounting one A. Uh, I studied um, finance and accounting. Yes, we actually met in our 
first semester accounting 1E class. Very, very exciting. Yes, you know, it's, it's exciting. Debits and credits, all the best stuff. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, like, you know, and we got put into the group kind of. We got paired um, up. We got paired up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we're like, you know, I think that's all, that's all began. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, yeah he's not bad. <laughs> the, the universe threw me a bone that day. Paul, and and that, what's it like working together as a, a married couple, but also running a business? You know, it's we don't have experience otherwise. We've we've only ever run this business together from day one. But I would say it's a real advantage mm. that you wake up every day working with someone who is as committed in the trenches as you every day to helping the business to succeed in in the exciting times and in the frustratingly difficult times. And, you know, I think Audrey and I, one of the many reasons why we got married is because, you know, we're a good team. Yeah. We discovered that in Accounting 1A all those years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the only problem I can see is you can't call in sick, right, because your partner knows oh, you're actually right. oh, no, what's going no. on. I, so. I, don't, I, I don't accept uh, <laughs> sick leave no from Dean. There's no sick leave. I haven't had a sick day in 10 years. And Audrey, just a little bit about your personal journey and your background, your time here in Australia, and actually a little bit about your family history. Yeah, of course. So I was born and raised in Burma. I actually left my country when I was 16. I then went to live in Malaysia for a year and I made all the way to sunny Sydney and I, I arrived here with two bags full of dreams and hope. I started my uni at University of Sydney and it's been a journey, you know, like my, my parents work really hard. They're in Burma. Right, okay. Like, so it's, um, we'll have, might have to have a, a Burma, a Burmese podcast at some point because I've been to Burma as well oh, and I, oh, I, I have, wow. have, and I'm on the road to Mandalay. Why are we, why and, are we only so talking about I don't know, now? but we'll, we'll have to come back at some other point. So um, we'll have another story to tell. Yeah, so. absolutely. But, but yours, yours is a really personal journey of actually, you know, self-made and actually working really hard to deliver something, a new concept to the country. And we're going to talk a little bit about that now because the figures are quite startling when you look at how much clothing does end up in landfill. Uh, and tell us about the... I guess the journey you went on to to research the extent of this problem, what you discovered, and how did that inform the direction of your business? Absolutely. When we actually started the business, to be truly honest, I didn't realize how much impact that we would be making starting this journey. Uh, started with my personal frustration, and and Rana Plaza collapse happened in uh, 2013. And I think that actually sent a shocking message across the industry. How how did over a thousand people, garment workers die Mm. coming to work and making beautiful clothes for someone on the other part of the world uh, to wear. And I, I really, truly think that for, you know, like that point, we really thought about, wow, like, you know, we're in the fashion industry, that with fashion industry, you, you see glamour, you see beauty, you see yes. beautiful campaigns, but who is the woman or who is the person making your clothes? Yes. And I think the more and more you're aware of what the industry is, I think we definitely feel responsible. We got to do something. And we were still a very small little part in this big fashion industry. Yes. And for us, we have a purpose-driven business model. How, how can we build a business and use use it as a force for good? Yes. And for us right now is that, you know, like it's just not about us. It's about our community. It's about where the industry is going. There's a big problem that the fashion industry has from workers' rights uh, to sustainability, climate, you know, like textile waste. Uh, so for us is that how, even though we're small, and we have so much to do. How can we play a role? And uh, that's where our, you know, 10 years, yes. decade work has been. Uh, but still, um, we, have a, we have a lot to do for yeah, the next, sure, sure. next years to come. And look, I think that's really interesting because I want to ask you now, Dean, I guess it's a win-win, isn't it? It's a positive contribution to the circular economy, but also you're offering women designer outfits that otherwise might have been out of their price range. How much of a driver is that as an appeal, do you think, for the Glam Corner customer? 
Oh, I think it's a, it continues to be easily one of the most important drivers. And as Audrey was uh, was saying, like that's it's one of the things that drove our mission and particularly one of the reasons why we decided to become a B Corp because we really do believe a big part of the solution is profit with purpose. Mm. Uh, it can't When did that certification come through? So we got that in 2018. Right, okay. We're, well, all credit to you. That's a, it's a, they're hard um, yardsticks to jump, oh, so well done. Absolutely. No, mm. thank you. It was um, a lot of work and continues to be a lot of work, but we realised that if, and not just in our industry, we really believe in any industry, if the best products in that category are also the best in terms of societal outcomes and environmental outcomes, um, that's really the challenge of new enterprise. You know, any, if you want to just set up a business overnight, yes. it, couldn't, it couldn't be easier to do nowadays. No. The new challenge of yes. success is how do you do good for the future at the same time? Mm. And so, yeah, that really is what we think it plays, I think, into the customer's mind as well in their in their consumption decisions. Yes. They want the, a good quality product or service, but it, it's more important now to that customer than ever before that they know that their consumption patterns, um, whether it be in plant-based meat or um, in financial services, that they know that the, the money they're spending is going towards more than just satisfying something other than themselves. Yeah. And we're certainly seeing that at the ARA. So what we're seeing is a great trend towards what we call purposeful shopping, people shopping with purpose. And I see Glam Corner having a really big part to play. And I'm going to just come back to the conversation we had earlier. And we were laughing about the, you know, this is a gender issue. I think we all have been guilty over the years, not just women, of buying an outfit for a special occasion and then never wearing it again. Are the days of the big wardrobe over, do you think? Oh, we think absolutely. And for, for a number of reasons, when we look at the last 10 years, you know, the, the boom in online fashion, particularly in disposable fast fashion, has gotten to a point where the end consumer, particularly in fashion and apparel, has been somewhat gouged where an, an incremental unit of additional clothing doesn't create more satisfaction. In fact, if anything, it's the reverse. Mm. It creates a storage issue. Yes. So th- that that's really key. That's number Which one. becomes a bigger issue as we're living in smaller and smaller spaces, yeah, I mean, aren't we? When exactly. Trying to, when you think about our carbon footprint, we're trying to reduce it overall, and part of that's living in a smaller space. So th- this sort of adds to the problem if you've got a massive wardrobe and you keep adding to it. Exactly. Also, another thing to add is that, you know, I think, I'm not sure whether you've seen Marie Kondo show. Yes, of course. Like, you know, does it spark joy to yes. have so many things in your life and a big wardrobe? Does it really bring you joy mm. or does it really bring you down? Yes. Like, you know, does uh, ownership of all those clothes, like, really, do you feel the joy or do you feel that, you know, like it's holding you back? Yeah. So it's really like, you know, after what we've been through the past two years with COVID, I think we also start to realise what is really what matters yes. and what doesn't. I think that's, uh, I think there's... And I guess a, you'd live a much more simpler life, do you, if you've yeah. got um, uh, if you've got an edited wardrobe and then you're actually using someone like Lamb Corner to, for those fashion pieces where you can, for, for those events and it, it, things that you need to get to that you want to look differently, uh, it, it makes life a lot easier. You open up your cupboard Absolutely. and you know what's in there. So. And the idea for Glam Corner is that we want to be a discovery platform. Like, so it's a little bit like Netflix for fashion in a way. Yes. Like, you know, we really want our customers to to feel confident and try something that they would not normally try. You know, like you would probably buy a little black top or little black dress, yes. but you would not try that, you know, really nice orange puff sleeves, uh, you know, because you're like, where, how, how am I going to justify? You, you, buy like, you know, yes, so yes. For, for us, we really want our customers yeah. to feel, like, you know, try something new, try, you know, be bold, be different. And we're here. Well, you, and you, you mentioned, um, you mentioned Netflix as an example. Is, it, is this really about this move towards subscription? So Netflix, when I think about Netflix and Stan, and all the other different options we've got now in streaming. Is it the same when you think about music? It's with Spotify and 
Apple uh, podcasts and so forth. Do do you think that's where people are thinking about less ownership and more subscriptions? It's absolutely about access over ownership. And Mm. if the last decade, Paul, was about e-commerce in our space, the next decade or the 2020s is about re-commerce. Right. And so in terms of how does that manifest itself in the customer's wardrobe, kind of in every category, not just women's wear, is that that future customer's wardrobe, there'll still be things owned in there, but it'll be a real mix of of rental, subscription, and re-commerce items where the proportion of owned items yes. is going to go from 100% a few years ago to definitely something lower than that. Yeah. could be 30%, could mm-hmm. be 50%. But that's that's where we see a very interesting just structural change happening in our industry. Yeah. And the really exciting thing is you see even – very early customers in the space, you know, in their early teens, actually, suddenly their their first experience with fashion and apparel has been on a platform like Depop, where yeah. they're sharing and borrowing clothing with friends and family yes. and people that they look up to. That's really different to maybe someone who was in their early teens a decade ago. And that's going to drive a massive shift in that customer behavior this decade, we believe, in every category, not just in what we're doing. We mm-hmm. think that's just an inevitability now. Well, I think you've summed up pretty well. And I guess uh, it's interesting to hear about how consumer attitudes have changed in recent years just generally. And more and more people are starting to think differently about their fashion choices and the environment. And, and, and Glam Corner has a big part to play in that. So when you think about um, options for dressing and so forth, do you see Glam Corner being beyond just – dresses and handbags what's what's your vision i feel like this is a tough question because one. i would like to do we, we, <laughs> we want to provide you know a solution to our customers when where there is a textile waste where wherever that is happening we feel like we can definitely help and you know like that is also one of the reasons that we actually launched our new product line reloop uh, which is a e-commerce as a service uh, platform and it's a marketplace where our customers can uh, buy and sell the platform we've built um, is a platform now for expanding into other categories right. and for other offerings. Yes, congruent with our mission, but all within the thematic of re-commerce, yeah. both in terms of rental, reuse, recycle, repair, um, and resell. And so Reloop is our latest innovation in that space. Which was announced recently? Uh, announced uh, in the last couple of months. So we, we launched Reloop a couple of months ago, really as a full service re-commerce marketplace. So we can we leverage all of our, our decade uh, of expertise in this space to help collect back items from customers when they're done with them. Mm. Uh, and we will clean, repair, have them ready for reuse and help sell them on to someone else who would really value that item. Reloop is across all categories, uh, women's wear, men's wear, kids wear, accessories, wow. footwear. And actually, these categories are going very quickly. And it just goes to show the amount of good quality clothing that people currently have sitting in their wardrobes that totally deserve a second life. Our belief has always been, actually, that the friction to e-commerce is that people have got busy lives. Yes, It'd be great if you, someone could just send you a satchel and pick it up and help you do it. Yes, um, And we have seen little services like that around, which are fantastic. Reloop, we've seen, is the first platform of its kind so in Australia. So with Reloop, so customers can send in and, and sell you the items that they've bought? Oh, so we will collect it from them yep. and list it on our marketplace. Oh, okay. And then it's a platform that um, is selling uh, pre-loved merchandise. So um, Reloop is, I feel like it's our dream, um, where it's it's a one-stop shop platform where you can rent, you can resell, 
you can, we can help recycle, we can help repair. It's a platform where uh, brands can join in. Uh, yes. For example, uh, David Jones recently, um, we actually recently launched with David Jones. So when you go to David Jones platform and on every product, you can see a little reloop widget, uh, which actually means that would you like to reloop this item, which is, which is something that where, you know, when uh, you no longer wish to hold on to this product, uh, would you like to put it in the wish list in yes. a way? Yes. Um, re-commerce wish list, which is uh, reloop and, you can uh, you can rent it, resell it, repair it, or you can we can help you with the repair. Even. And who sets the retail price in that situation? Yeah, so uh, the customer has a full control. They in decide. Terms, yeah, they yeah. can decide uh, in terms of how much they want to sell yeah. the products for, how much they want to rent the products for, and the idea is that. You know, you can, in the market, if you look at it, the market is quite fragmented in a way that mm. some people are doing rental, some people are doing resale, some people are doing recycling or repair. Yes, yes. But for us, Reloop is, it's one-stop shop where That's you can fantastic. do it all. You can do it all. Yeah. And, and the inventory sits with the cust- the person selling the item and they ship it from their own So there they? are two options. Uh, you can um, list it yourself. You can hold on to the products yourself and then when the time comes for you to like you know when the product gets sold um, you can then send it straight from your um, from your home or like through Glam Corner or the other uh, service is concierge service Uh, so this is where you know say you have 100 items or 25 items and um, you don't have a lot of time Mm. and that's where like we can help uh, the customers so you would would collect it and you would list it and you would yeah we can do we can we can we can do it all like so really that sounds more like me, so I'll keep that in mind. AWS is committed to building a sustainable business for our customers and the planet. To drive collective cross-sector action on the climate crisis, we co-founded the Climate Pledge with Global Optimism on the conviction that businesses are responsible, accountable and able to act on the climate crisis. To find out how AWS can support you to modernise your business to reach your organisation's sustainability goals, head to the link in the show notes. Tell us why it's important to you both to be leaders in sustainability and how important is the role of business in determining, or in terms of, I guess, educating the community about the issue as well? Well, it's, I mean, it's written, in terms of how important it is to us, our company's mission is to accelerate the transition towards a more circular and sustainable fashion system. I mean, Audrey and I consider that is success for us. And until we have achieved that, we're not finished. So that's very important to us is is the answer. Um, And, you know, so far working on it for a decade may take us another decade more, and that's Mm. fine. But um, if we can help it happen this decade instead of three decades from now, we will have done our, our, our part. And in terms of the impact of business, coming back to B Corp, that's where we feel... Businesses nowadays have an opportunity and and a responsibility to Mm. show other companies and their own customers that it is possible to align profit with purpose, that it can be an incremental revenue channel, not some expense to be justified or to be weighed up against or stakeholder interests. So we want to help be one of those brands that can be an example of doing that successfully. And uh, to add to Dean's point, you know, we've been in the industry for 10 years, a decade long. You don't, you don't, neither of you look um, old enough oh. to be. Yeah. <laughs> That's very kind of you, Paul. Maybe I do. Um, thank you. Thanks for that, Paul. Um, but, you know, fashion industry still is one of the most polluting industries in the world, still. 
And the problem is so big. And um, I feel like we still have so much to do. And I think for us, you know, we, we just want to play a role. And like, you know, I feel like one day when we look back what we've achieved in our lifetime, we, re- we really want to say hand to our hearts that, you know, we did something. Yes. You know, we made the, a difference. We, we made it. We we make we made a difference, and it's not just about transaction. You know, like I think people sometimes, um, you know, like I think in in the industry, it's all about the money and all about the transactions. Mm-hmm. But what about the human cost? Yes. You know, what about the cost that you have done to the climate and to the environment? So for us, you know, we're even though we're. We, we were still a small piece um, in, in in this big world. Uh, we still just try our best, and if we can, if we can do our our role and just helping for the industry, fashion industry, to be to move to a better and more sustainable industry, I feel like you know that that's a good feeling. Yeah, fair enough. And do, do, you, you both come with such love and passion for sustainability and for the for, for generally to make make drive change. When you look at your team and the team that you surround yourself with, are they as purposeful as you both are? Oh, 100%. I think the crew at Glam Corner, now over 130 people we've got That's working amazing. in our company. Thanks, Paul. It's, um, you know, they're, well, first of all, they're a bunch of well, good you've got, you've got more staff than me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, um, our mission has tended to attract the kind of team member who is looking for something more in their career than just another paycheck. Mm. And our team, you know, some of the, some of which have been with us for almost a decade now, or, you know, coming up six, seven years um, for some of them. And they share with us the importance of that mission and the urgency of that mission. Um, it really does drive a lot of our day-to-day yes. business decisions. And so, you know, we're very, we're very lucky to have people like that around because it, it's not up to just us. You know, we, we've really built, a, you know, a real battleship of change mm. and the kind of crew that it has attracted, it, they really fundamentally do care about what that's, we care about. Well, that's fantastic. Now, I'm going to ask you a little bit about B Corp because um, it's it, in the building we are here, I don't know where you know, in a co-working space, it's a B Corp um, uh, certified oh, space fantastic. as well. Oh, fantastic. Um, and it's um, I'm something I'm really proud of here at the ARA here in Sydney, I am, uh, with you both today. Just be interested to understand what you had to do or the process you went through to, to get that certification because it's quite onerous on oh, yeah. an individual uh, to, to get that through. Oh, absolutely. I can definitely walk you through the process. And we've just gone through the recertification process, which is also very onerous. Um, and it should be. The bar is high. It's not just another rubber stamp to get. It's absolutely something that requires a list of showing how is your business and its growth and its mission aligned to positive change and stakeholder outcomes. Not just environmental, it's also about your impact on your local community and also on the well-being of the people who work uh, within your company and the suppliers. Mm. So it's actually a really wholesome and, and fulsome remit within within the list of, uh, of items in the B Corp process. But then it's also about one reason why we really liked the B Corp kind of checklist and process is because, look, nobody's perfect. Everybody no. has their own So uh, were there learnings in it when you went through the process? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a, a checklist of items that, you know, we, we were the first ones to admit, hey, we haven't done this yet. Mm. But there's no reason why we couldn't find time right. to make sure a certain amount of employee time or hours per year while they're on the payroll – that team member can go out and do good in the community. Yes. And it's just a set. And there's a bunch of, especially larger companies, do that anyway. Mm. But even as a younger company, they helped us set a checklist of things that we want to do to be better. That, As Audrey said, if we want to build a business that however many years it is from now, that we we are we look back on and we're really proud of yes. what we did. 
If someone is looking to get registration for B Corp, I would I would say definitely it needs commitment. Yes. Uh, it is um, like you said, Paul. It's not it's not something that you can like uh, check. Do a checklist overnight and yes. like uh, be done with it. It's something that you definitely need you gotta it. Live it you, don't you, you, you got to you got to live it, and it's a continuous um, dedication. And um, you know, it's it's and also um, you want to make sure that everything that you. Doing answering on the worker side, supplier side, everything is like you know, like Dean said, it's not. No one is perfect. No. I mean, to be honest, I feel like uh, Patagonia is pretty perfect. Yes. Um, They're right I, up I there. feel like they They're they definitely right. um, up there. Like you know, so we definitely uh, look up to them in terms of what they've achieved. In terms of like preparation, I would say get in touch with the B Corp team. Uh, they they are based in um, Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Try not to just outsource it to yes. someone. You need you need you need to have a. You, you know, you need yeah. to own it. It's not something that you, you should just outsource it to someone. You really need to be really close to the Fair process. Enough, True. Um, I think, you know, it's all credit to you to get that certification because I know how hard it is. So it's so, so well done. Now, the Glam Corner seems to be on an incredible trajectory. Is it all about expansion and growth? What are the priorities for you right now? Oh, absolutely. I think given our business's mission, it is still about expansion and growth because as, as Audrey mentioned earlier, the fashion industry is one of the most polluting industries on the planet. And at the current scale, while we've had a, an incredible impact in, a, in the decade we've been in business, we're still just scratching the surface. So one of the highest priorities, and Reloop is, is a good example of this, is to now, after, after we've built up a decade of expertise in this space, find, we've started to ask ourselves, how can we now share this recipe with other brands and retailers. Mm. It's absolutely not our priority to try to monopolize what we've learned. Quite the opposite. We see a commercial opportunity that's aligned with our mission in making that platform available to others because re-commerce should be an incremental revenue stream. It shouldn't be some other thing you have to be charged for to achieve. I feel that it's, um, you know, like I think we we just have so much to do. And like for us, um, in terms of our growth, is that how can we really bring all the retailers and brands together. We cannot do it alone. No. The problem is too big. It's probably more of a journey than a destination, I take it. So it, you, you sort of started something that's it's, it's grown massive legs. But, I mean, the fact that you're actually in David Jones is a real, another big credit for you, being my uh, old home. Um, but it, it, it's it's amazing what you have achieved. But you see, you've got a vision that you see this growing much further beyond what you're currently doing. Absolutely, Paul. It's a, it's a big responsibility. Like, you know, for us, um, you know, I sometimes think about what, you know, like – if we're not here as a business, like if Glam Corner is not here, if Reloop is not here tomorrow, yeah. what will happen? And like I said, that we're still a small, small uh, player in the industry. But even sometimes, you know, many, many small steps together can actually get to that destination. If if we do our thing, if we uh, if uh, if you know we continue with our path, continue to do our mission, and more and more brands and retailers join forces with us, and individuals join forces with us I feel like we can we can do it sooner what a lovely way to, to end this podcast Dean and Audrey thank you so much for joining us congratulations on all your success with Glam Corner and the positive role you play in the circular economy thanks for chatting and all the best for the future thank you so much Paul thanks Paul thank you for joining me for some retail therapy with special thanks to our season partner AWS who can assist retailers navigating through their own sustainability journey with a wealth of practical resources For more information, check out the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. We can be found wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. 
For more information about the work we do at the ARA, head to our website, retail.org.au. Follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, wherever you love to connect. All of the links can be found in the show notes.